Hey everyone and welcome to show number 600. Hard to believe that after four years, uh, four and a bit, that we've gotten to 600 shows recorded, but uh, this is it. Uh, it's a race review that I did with uh, Dave Drakes over at the Collective Experience and uh, this has been an amazing journey to uh, embark on for the last uh, four, four years and change. Uh, whether it's going two and a half hours with uh, a legend like Steve Lampson or uh, Donnie Hansen. Those guys were amazing interviews, and I hope you guys go back in the archives and listen to those. Uh, it's so much fun for me to talk motocross every single week, interview these riders, and uh, if anyone ever has a request or something they want to hear more of but they want to hear less of on the podcast, feel free to email me, bradgebhart 88 at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. I hope you're already following on uh, both my personal Instagram, bradgebhart 88 as well as the Big MX Radio Instagram. Check that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so continue listening, guys. Really appreciate it. And enjoy cl uh, show number 600 with Dave Drakes. What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by FMF and The Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line. He's been doing it for all summer long when it comes to uh, dissecting the outdoor nationals and some supercrosses, honestly. Uh, we call up none other than Dave Drakes. Dave, how's it going? Pretty good, Brad. Uh, you know, we saw some good racing this weekend. Just, yes. Uh, Stoked to get the review underway, talk some moto after a stressful day of work, man. Nothing's better, so I'm ready to dig into it. For sure. It's not too many time, not too often you get to talk about a 250F podium featuring two riders that finished ninth in one of their motos, uh, but that's what we have on the table. But before we get to that, like before we give the listeners the ultimate access to our uh, knowledge and experience and uh, analysis here. Let's uh, clue them in on a little uh, kind of special giveaway that we're doing through another uh, organization that gives some extra special access. That's the collective experience. Tell them what you got in store for uh, some Canadian listeners. Well, for sure. So, uh, you know, we love our Canadian fans. We're huge fans of Canadian motocross, 
uh, the whole Triple Crown series, Big MX Radio, giving them a shout out. No um, so we want to hook the, we, we want to hook the Canadian fans up um, and give you guys a uh, TCE rider jersey, none other than uh, the cat himself, Mister AJ Catanzaro. Uh, so all you got to do is follow us at the Collective EX on Instagram. Follow Big MX Radio, tag two buddies, and we're going to hook a lucky Canadian fan up with the signed jersey, free of charge. We may even throw in some extra goodies from our sponsors. Uh, this is our way of giving back, saying thanks for all the uh, the Canadian listeners, all the Canadian fans that we have and supporters, uh, and try to hook somebody up. There it is. So all you got to do is you you got to follow Big MX Radio. you got to follow the Collective EX on uh, on. On Instagram, as well as uh, tag two friends, tag two buddies, yeah, tag two buddies. That's not that's not uh, that's not hard to do, uh, and yeah. uh, that's that's how we're gonna get an AJ Catanzaro jersey in somebody's hand, the beautiful FXR jersey. I do understand, unless uh, unless you wanted to go back and uh, dig uh, dig through some of uh, AJ's old uh, O'Neill stuff, but uh, there's a good chance it'll be a it'll be an FXR jersey, won't it? It'll definitely be an FXR jersey. I do not want to dig through AJ's old smelly jerseys. I love the guy, but not that damn much. So it'll be a new FXR one. <laughs> Absolutely. And those are some sharp-looking jerseys. Look good on somebody's wall. But, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's get into talking about some, uh, some, some motocross here. I really appreciate that giveaway, my friend. Anytime that we can hook up uh, the listeners, Canadian, American, or all around the world, it's uh, a pleasure of mine to be able to do so. So, once again, if you follow Big MX Radio, follow up the collective ex and tag two of your friends in a recent post uh and we'll, we'll, we'll put out a post specifically to that giveaway so you know which one to put uh to, to comment and tag your two friends on uh, but let's get into this uh 2018 motosport.com washugal 250 national results and uh tipping the top of the scales and extending his points lead and he's now got a beautiful baby boy jake arrived yesterday but uh you could you could say that uh aaron aaron uh, plessinger arrived january 1st when it came to 2018 the guy's been dominant all season long and even on a day when he wasn't that dominant a three four or four three rather gets him first overall aaron plessinger can do no wrong exactly uh, you know it's uh i have to be honest did not see this year coming for Plessinger. Um, you know, I think I've said it. You know, we've talked uh, on the air, off air a couple times. Plessinger's a super talented guy. We've seen him get wins in the past. But, I mean, who could have foreseen this guy having a super, super dominant year like this? And to, for him to go, you know, 3-4 or 4-3 um, and still take the overall, it's, it's pretty nuts. It's almost like, you know, the – the gods are speaking to to Plessinger, and, and you know they they want him to win his championship. Um, he, he's riding he's riding amazing. I, I haven't seen a 250 rider be this dominant in in a while since you know the the J Mark Super Web type days. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely his year. I think Washugal was definitely a sort of like that turning point where if something was going to happen, that was that was um, that was the round. And I think it's safe to say that um, you know. Plessinger has this thing in hand. Well, you know, as long as nothing catastrophic happens, um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just it's great. It's great to see somebody that you really didn't expect to have a breakout year have a year like like Plessinger's had. 
Absolutely, and uh, having only uh, gained ten points in the uh, in the championship, obviously could have capitalized on that on Alex Martin's so-so day a little bit more by putting himself a little closer to the winner's circle in both motos. But either way, uh, gained points on every single rider out there, and uh, including uh, his closest competitor, who's Alex Martin, who uh, for all intents and purposes has not had the last two. Um, rounds that you'd want to write home about especially the one uh, when he was literally probably could have put it in his old mailbox uh this la- or two weekends ago in millville he's got some some things to think about over the next little bit here while he's uh getting ready for uh, unadilla but uh I, I i myself am really surprised to see that uh alex martin hasn't uh, taken the bull by the horns and um and, and made made this thing a tighter uh, like a tighter race down to the end. Uh, honestly, I expect um, this championship to be wrapped up uh, some point during the uh, um, like during the uh, the Red Bud National, whether it's the first moto or second moto that ends up doing it. That's when uh, um, Aaron will officially be up by. Uh, like he's already got sixty, almost sixty points. He could very well be close to uh, seventy-five points by the end of the second moto or the first moto in Bud's Creek. It's certain. It's it's looking like that. Uh, I, I completely agree. The way that that Alex Martin has been riding the last couple of seasons, um, even some of the rides he had in uh, you know Supercross, he seemed to be gelling with the team pretty decently. You expect that guy to be up front, you know, at least at least put up more than a fight. If, you know, even if he doesn't win the title, at least sneak a win in or and and you know keep pressuring Plessinger and some of these other front runners. And he, he's just not doing that this year. He, he looks like a, a different rider than we've seen in the past. Um, it's uh, like you said. You, you expect him to do good at Spring Creek, uh, a track like um, like Red Buzz, those those tracks that you know he he excels at, just you know through and through. And to not see him do that, it's it's almost uh, kind of a letdown. And you're wondering, you know, what what's the what's the holdup? Why is he uh, why is he falling back like this? Why is he you know coming from you know tenth all the way up? Or why is he only holding down a fourth or fifth? And and then you'll see him do, you know, maybe have a breakout right here and there, but he just he doesn't he doesn't repeat it, and he's he's, he's kind of inconsistent. So it's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Um, you know, we, we we keep saying it. Hopefully next weekend's better. Hopefully next weekend's better. Um, but at, at this point, the most he can do is just maybe salvage a couple podiums, um, kind of solidify himself as a as a uh, title contender for next year, and and kind of and kind of go that route. But um, to say that he's gonna take a win away from Plessinger. I, I haven't seen it this, you know, so far this year. I'd like to see it, but I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. Yeah, no, seriously. It's, uh, uh, it's getting to the point where we're running out of time here. And, uh, like, I think when it comes down to it, uh, it, it won't matter, uh, what Alex Martin does at the end of the year. Uh, it'll, it, it'll, uh, what, what, what counted was um, the fact that he didn't do so well at the races he really needed to do well in the middle and the earliest portion of the season. Obviously, that big kind of uh, like a, a four or five moto period there where he couldn't stay off the ground, that is like, I think that what hurts him the most in all this. I think that's kind of what started a little bit of inconsistency for him to begin with. Uh, prior to that, he was looking like, uh, like the, um, the Alex Martin that we saw on the Star Bike that at one point had the points lead. Uh, I think that was shortly after either 
Glenn Helen. I think that was in Colorado round that he had the points. But either way, um, there we've seen other riders emerge, other riders that we actually didn't, I really didn't expect this late in the season to be doing much at all. Um, obviously, a get-right day for uh, Joey Savacci a little bit. Obviously, a, a good charge to ninth place after a bad start, but a first moto victory. And uh, Shane McElrath, a guy who... Uh, like obviously had uh, he had a broken wheel uh, after a good finish in the, his first moto at Millville. Backs that up with a nine-one for second overall. Two podiums uh, for Shane so far in the outdoors and uh, a moto victory, a national victory. First ones, uh, both being I think the first ones for him in his career, which is pretty impressive. Um, a good finish to the season for uh, uh, Shane Nakarath, and it's not quite done. Good on Shane, you know. Um, I know you and I have spoke about it off air a couple of times about McElrath. Is, he's, he's kind of like that next guy, that next guy in line to, to maybe um, to maybe go after a title. He's got he's got the uh, he's got the speed. He's got the talent. We've seen him, um, you know, sneak a victory in the Supercross. Oh, he was a he was a point leader in Supercross for a long while, uh, and and you know he almost has like that uh, that team captain sort of vibe and that position on uh, on the KTM team. So to see him get his, get his uh, his first straight up moto win is, is really good. You kind of expect it out of him. I'm I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. The way he uh, you know you know he can ride. I think he's bit by that bug a little bit that Martin has, where he's you know he'll have one really really good moto and then the other one something will happen where he's inconsistent or uh, have like a, you know a bike issue or uh, or fall uh, due to a lap or just something weird. Um, but you know if if everything goes his way, that guy can be a serious serious threat. Uh, I'd almost say that he's more of a of a threat right now to Plessinger than than a Martin would be, which you know, asking the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said that. I would have pictured Martin being the guy to kind of uh, you know be a thorn in uh, in Plessinger's side, but it looks like um, that might be uh, McElrath towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good to see somebody else kind of sneaking up in there and uh, and taking one away from uh, from Plessinger. It, it keeps it keeps some. Uh, some parody in the, in the class and uh hopefully we can see those two go at it just you know tooth and nail um and a shout out to joey savachi you know uh, i know you and i were kind of dogging him a little bit this year just yeah um for lack, lack of results uh lack of podiums you know he, he was out front a couple times in these motos and you know threw it away uh like he did at millville i think he had an issue in colorado also so to see uh the, well, a pc guy back up front and riding riding the way he did you know even under pressure it was awesome to see, you know, um, really, really cool to see different winners and to see guys that you know should be up there getting these wins, getting these podiums and, um, and, and riding to their full potential. Absolutely agree. Um, and, and speaking of full potential, uh, we had talked about uh, the uh, kind of maybe la- lack- lackluster rides from Jordan Smith earlier in the season. I think uh, around Colorado, both of us were scratching our heads as to what what's going on with this guy. Um, but uh, he's he's had a, cu- a couple of he's been more visible at the races as of late. I think that speaks volumes to not only his, him getting comfortable racing outdoors again, as well as uh, the just the the KTM uh, testing and getting that thing dialed in towards the, the, the end of the year here. I know it's the season's almost done, but uh, it's taken a while for that team to feel really comfortable on their motorcycle. Like I think if you look at the results uh, five races ago in comparison to the results from this race, I think uh, 
the the TLD guys are just straight up performing better, and I think that's due to obviously a little bit of experience being like full uh, outdoor mode, but also the bike itself is just working so much better under them. Um, maybe uh, Alex Martin not taking the, the the giant leap forward like a guy like uh, Shane McElroy or Jordan Smith have, but uh, like for those two at least, the bike's making a whole lot more sense, and you're seeing that in their results. 100%. I think that was actually one of the highlights for me of Washougal was, uh, you know, the quote unquote sort of return of, uh, Jordan Smith. Um, you know, I, I even on the, uh, the collective experience Instagram page, I, uh, re, regrammed, uh, that, that clip of him wheeling through those whoops, man. Yeah. You almost forget, you almost forget how talented the guy is and, and that, hey, you know, Jordan Smith is a, is a factory rider too. He's a really, really talented kid. He's very fast. You know, he knows how to ride. And this year, we just we hadn't seen him. He, he was he was forgotten by a lot of people. And and like you said, you and I were kind of talking about it, scratching our heads, like, man, what is, what's going on with this kid? You, we we know he knows how to ride. Um, you know, he was a top amateur prospect. He was pretty good in Supercross, and to see him just not perform outdoors was kind of weird. Um, and this you know this past weekend, we finally saw him uh, mixing it up, uh, riding awesome. I mean, the guy was just scrubbing speed and getting low and saving energy in these really cool ways. Uh, it was super good to see that it had me on the edge of my seat you know i was cheering the guy on wanting him to you know get more and more spots up front so it was uh that was definitely definitely a, a good race for for smith uh i kind of wish he had more of a uh, more consistency in his motos which you know kind of kind of seems to be a common thing with these guys as of late um but it's a step in the right, di- right direction i hope we see that this upcoming weekend i hope he starts to feel more comfortable on the bike um you know i hope this kind of gave him a confidence boost like hey you know i can i can be up there with these guys and you know i i deserve it um, i want to i want to start taking points away from these guys and and at the very least you know getting a moto win or some good finishes here for sure, and uh, it definitely seems like uh, they're coming to form late in the season here. Um, I, I hate I hate to bag on the guy because I know he races hard. I know that he's uh, like he's about as frustrated with his results. Uh, maybe probably more frustrated than I am, honestly, because it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Chase Sexton, five um, ten, obviously uh, got tangled up with uh, Joey Savacci in the second moto, chased him through the pack all the way up to tenth place. Um, but uh, if this kid could get a start. He's got the speed to hang up there with the RJ Hampshires of the world, with the Shane McElrath's of the world. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if uh, that Geico bike's just not helping him off those starts or something or along those lines. But uh, um, Chase Sexton, I just I, I like hope to God at some point during this win this uh, summer, and he's only got nine or is it six six motos to do it. Um, that Chase Sexton ends up uh, at least podium in a moto because I don't think he's gotten there yet. He's a, he's another one of those guys that you that you know can ride can ride their butt off. You know he, he's he's super quick. Uh, we will we will see it in time qualifying where you're like, holy crap, where'd this kid come from? You know he's throwing down some heaters uh, just as just as well as as anybody else. So to um, to see him not not get those those solid finishes or or those top spots man it's it's kind of a mystery you know and um makes you wonder like what's what's the hang-up is it just like you know super super bad luck or is it is it bike set up or um is it his starts like what what does he need to work on to kind of get there so um yeah hope hopefully another couple of weeks i know you've heard me say this a million times but you know i want to see these guys do good I, ideally i'd like to see you know 
eight guys up front just dicing it up and because all of those guys are they're so close in speed they're so close in talent uh so so close in equipment and all of them should be vying for these top spots and when one guy falls off or we have a group of guys falling off it's um you know it's it, it's kind of depressing you don't want to see him get you know bad finishes and, and you want to see that you want to see them do good so um yeah he, he, that, that guy's a mystery so far and um like you said you know he's capable of it you know he can do it it's just a matter of when are we going to see it for sure no i think it's uh it's put put up or shut up time for for himself as well as a couple of the members of the the geico squad uh there's a there's plenty of 250 guys that that uh are kind of uh racing for jobs right now kind of exciting to see kind of how things um kind of like jostle for for position uh kind of coming down the stretch here knowing that there's some talent coming in from the amateurs uh only so many jobs to go around it'll be interesting to see who uh who still has uh, their spot or, or kind of who's on the hot seat rolling into the next season because even if a guy like chase sexton or uh, rj hampshire have a job for next year uh i think both of them are gotta have uh, gotta uh, rolling into the next season with a little bit of pressure to uh to perform being it uh, i think rj actually got a two-year uh, extension uh recently but uh, either way uh looking forward to seeing more good things from those guys Dylan Ferrandis uh, was uh, I was I don't know what happened to him in the first moto. Second moto obviously was uh, a whole lot better for him. Uh, I was surprised to actually see that he uh, was able to what didn't uh, kind of give an extra position away to Aaron Plessinger, but uh, gonna give it back to him a little bit. But I think at this point in the championship, it's kind of um, I w- like the it's not it's it's not a close championship right now. So maybe uh, no team tactics for now, but, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect those two points to really come into, uh, too, too much of uh factor later on in the season. But, uh, yeah, decent, like uh, a decent day for, uh, or at least half, half of a decent day for, uh, Dylan Ferrandis. And, uh, same can be said for, uh, for Justin Cooper, uh, never really, really got warmed up throughout the day, a six, eight, uh, a half decent day for him. Yeah, um, you know I'm a huge Ferrandis fan, man. You know I'm probably rooting for him the most out of uh, anyone in the 250 class. Um, and you know he said it on the podium too. You know the last couple of rounds he hasn't been riding like himself. You know he's not sure what what the holdup is. His starts were kind of lackluster, but finally you know we got to see him you know get up there in a podium spot um, in that in that last moto. So you know them, you know we're seeing we're seeing little little glimpse of what he was doing. Uh, you know at at Red Bud and the, and, the, and um, a little bit in Supercross. So it's good to see that, you know, he kind of rebounded and, you know, hopefully whatever he's doing, he can kind of spread that to the other guys and kind of help them get their mojo flowing. Um, but, you know, at least he was able to salvage um, a better second moto. And um, for, as far as Cooper goes, I mean, you know, you're having a really good, good, good season, a good, a good breakout year when, uh, you know, a six, eight is one of your worst finishes and everyone's going, Hey, what happened? So, um, you know, the, the kid's been performing amazingly this year. You know, you kind of let him slide with those moto finishes. Um, um, but you know, I, I expect him to to rebound and bring that right back up. You know, probably going to be you know fastest in um, in qualifying for Unadilla. You know, being a, a New York kid, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of friends and family there. So we're probably going to see him. You know, have a have a super cool breakout ride, good vibes, um, confidence sky high. So yeah, I definitely expect the guy to to rebound and be on the podium uh, in the next couple of rounds. Um, but yeah, that uh, the Yamaha team is looking looking pretty strong right now. They're they're the they're the ones to beat. They've got a great roster. Uh, their their guys seem to be fairly you know pretty healthy for the most part, and uh, and their equipment looks like looks like one of the best out there. So um, yeah, whatever they're doing, 
some of these other teams need to need to take a take a take a page of their book for sure. Oh, you know it, and uh, yeah, all things clicking for the Yamaha guys, and I would even expect uh, a one rider who I know goes well at um, at Unadilla in uh, Colt Colt. Colt Nichols to uh, finally make his way into the top five in an overall. Uh, that's a racetrack that he goes really fast at. A um, couple else, couple other notables in the 250 class. Uh, yeah, the 250 class. Um, hmm. We got uh, Brian Medeiros making the making the motos for the first time this season. He rides and tests most. Uh, mo- all of his riding and testing is done. For uh, Motocross Action Magazine, uh, I believe uh, he's been uh, getting a little bit of help from the uh, PrivateerLife.mx. Uh, those guys have been helping out a little bit. Uh, good to see him have uh, finally get into the motos and make some noise out there. Um, Tommy Week, uh, if you're if you're familiar with uh, amateur guys coming into pros. In the mid 2000s, that guy was uh, a guy who uh, was on your radar, and now does. He lives, yeah, he threat. lives like two minutes away from Washougal. He does riding clinics there, and uh, compared to uh, plenty of other uh, fast guys, he did put on a bit of a clinic uh, with a 2016 for 18th overall. Good to see from him. Uh, huge bummer uh, to see Austin Forkner get second place in a first moto. Kind of a, like you know, finally see those pro circuit guys make some noise and uh, and do something positive out there. And then the very next uh, thing you know, uh, clips the tire. Not unlike Trey Kennard, not unlike uh, Brownie back in the day, did the exact same thing. You, you scrub, you, brow- you bounce that wheel off, and all of a sudden you're on your ass. And uh, Austin Forkner, um, obviously he's moving on to Unadilla. I think he'll be fine, but uh, that's got to hurt the confidence a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, you saw what it did to you know, kind of derail uh, Trey Kennard's momentum that he had going um, after after that crash, it took him a little while to get his mojo flowing again. Um, but yeah, it's just if if Forger didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all, man. Everyone's been saying it. Um, the guy rode awesome um, first moto, battling with his teammate, um, and it really goes to show how fast Savachi was going because Forkner was on rails and Savachi um, really really had him covered, and you know they were going back and forth. So again, you know Savachi rode really really stellar that that first moto. Um, Forkner, that's just that's really really tough to see that kid is just super talented he's probably gonna be the next big thing once he kind of gets his uh his uh let's say rookie tendencies kind of ironed out a little bit um but yeah that that uh that uphill section man that that thing is brutal it's 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 uh mess with the best of them and uh just one of those things that happens when you're riding that edge and you're scrubbing so low and you're going so fast just little things like that really come up and bite you um hopefully he's uh he's all healed up 100 percent for you know diller as close to 100 percent as we can we can expect out of him um and he can be right back to where he was you know i'm sure that him and the pc team would love to just get like a solid you know one two or two two or even if i'm sure they'd be happy with the three three just to get some solid consistent podium finishes to carry momentum towards the end of the season and start building up for next year so um you know hopefully you know all the best to him hopefully he, he heals up and uh we can see forkner uh kicking some ass out there for sure this is the kind of guy that uh if you if you kind of forecasted his career after his first outdoor season which was uh three seasons ago already I believe it was the twenty, the summer of twenty sixteen, um, or is this the? Yeah, this is the third full first full season. Yep. Thing. Yeah. No. 
or is it his fourth? I think no. it's his third. I think it's third. Um, yeah. Because he's done two seasons of Supercross. Mm-hmm. And three out. Kind of say two and a half-ish. Yeah, two and three quarters. Yeah. So, well, yep. But he started outdoors. Yep. Okay. I think this is his third season. But either way, after his, after his rookie season, running the number uh, – yeah, this is his third season. Uh, what, two, 214. Last year he's 24. This year he's 35. Um, if, if, you, if you had to, to pull most people after his first season, uh, like you'd be penciling this guy in for a 250 spot with the Donations team uh, in 2018. Um, but the fact is he's not there right now and, uh, it's very, it's kind of, um, like kind of put a little bit of a, a delay on his ascent to, to, uh, what most people assume will be his, uh, his kind of his spot, which is at the top of this class. But, uh, yeah, a little bit, maybe a little bit maturity needs to, to, to roll into that scenario. But, uh, either way, I think better days to come for Austin Forkner. I, I agree with you a hundred, a hundred percent, you know, if, like, he's another guy. If you asked me beginning of 2018, uh, you know, how Forkner would do, I would imagine he'd be the points leader. Um, he'd probably be the guy that um, was, was, you know, what we're seeing Plessinger, Plessinger do right now um, is running away, having almost just watching him ride and just having fun out there, just yarding these guys. Uh, the way he was, you know, the way he rode his rookie season and even last year outdoors and the way he was able to sneak wins in um, and kind of pull away under the radar, uh, I expected that wholeheartedly out of out of Forkner. Uh, I expect him to be on the donation team, like you said. And um yeah, it just it just hasn't turned out like that, man. He's had a dark cloud just hanging over him. Um, you know, but good news is these you know, these, these guys are super resilient. Uh they don't let things keep him down too too much. So um I don't suspect this will carry over for next year. I guarantee you him and his trainers are working super hard. Um gonna get his mental game right, gonna make sure everything flows for next season and um bring some good momentum and some good vibes into next year. Amen, brother. We're going to switch to the 450s right after these commercial break here from the Collective Experience. We'll be right back with the Big MX Radio podcast show on Big MX Radio. I don't know why I fucked that up. Either way, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entiknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the Collective Experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com as well as the Collective EX on Instagram is where you can find the Collective Experience. Do so immediately. The Collective Experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better feel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Man, 
these Amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. Hey, guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to Big MX Radio. And we're back, Big MX Radio podcast show, still on the line here with none other than Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience, who I assume is moving things around in his garage. Um, Dave, I uh, appreciate you making some time for us today on the Big MX Radio podcast show, but uh, this is not your only gig. You also happen to... uh, uh, coordinate and run an extremely successful, um, basically a, a private access, or a, a, maybe not a private access, but an extra special access program where fans can bring themselves closer to uh, motocross than uh, than ever before, and uh, they can basically participate in uh, in a privateer's uh, race day, uh, basically the whole race day program. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, so I've had the pleasure of running the collective collective experience for the last couple of seasons. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, we specialize in bringing fans from all over the world. Literally. I mean, we have fans from uh, Australia, New Zealand that come over Canada. I mean, you name it. Uh, and we give them all access VIP experience and bring them into a privateer program and get them access that, you know, you're not able to get elsewhere. So you're literally a member of the team when you uh, sign up with us and we get you uh, face-to-face with some of the top-level privateers and satellite riders, a lot of their, uh, their mechanics, their sponsors, team managers. You're getting fully immersed in the sport um, and getting a, a, a view behind the, behind the velvet curtain, and uh, you're, you're, getting, you're getting a chance to really experience um, a Supercross race like a pro racer. Um, and we've had the privilege of uh, being able to guide people through, um, through the industry a little bit, getting them hooked up with industry-level jobs, um, getting them connected with riders, um, building some some pretty cool uh, lasting relationship and friendships with a lot of these privateer riders that uh, they, they go the distance. So um, something that we're very proud of and uh, even better is uh, we're able to um, to heavily fund privateer efforts with this too. So not only are we giving fans uh, an amazing experience, but we're also helping privateers, um, you know, uh, with with their financial program, their own personal program, uh, helping them get to the races every weekend, giving them extra promotion, uh, and helping the sport grow as a whole, which is our whole premise, is just making this awesome sport that we all love uh, get bigger and better uh, every race weekend. So it's something we, lo- we love to do. Uh, we'd love to have more fans sign up. Uh, we're going to be rolling out our 2019 program here uh, fairly soon with a lot of cool extras. Um, so if you're ever interested, uh, check us out on Instagram at the Collective EX or uh, check out thecollectivexp.com. Get signed up. We've got a few spots open for the final round uh, in Ironman MX in Indiana. Um, and we also have a cool promo going uh, where you can sign up um, on our uh, on our Instagram, uh, enter a contest, and you can actually win yourself a free experience for the last round, shadowing Brendan Shar um, and uh, and his crew. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, we want we want to help as many fans as we can get them behind the get them behind the uh, the curtain, like I said, and uh, get them, get them immersed in the program and really experience super uh, supercross and motocross races like never before. That you guys do, and it's uh, it's really cool to hear some of the stories from some of the people who have taken taken part in the program, who have done some videotaping for these riders. They've basically uh, uh, acted as almost like a mechanic for the day, uh, working with the riders. And honestly, uh, the the beautiful thing about uh, privateers is that um, they are more relatable 
to your like, and not to say that the that factory guards aren't normal people but the reality is, is those guys are tugged in a million different directions and they need to be a little bit more guarded when they talk to people and when they're uh interacting with different fans and stuff like that privateers are you exactly privateers are you exactly yeah like it's it, they're they're real people who've got real problems who uh like they've they've they really uh and they're and they're willing to share that information they're they're willing to open up and uh and and let people know how how important they are to the program and, and to their race day and i think that uh, a lot of these privateers like uh like a Brandon Shar, uh, like an AJ Catanzaro, are are very quick to uh, let these these uh, individuals know how much they appreciate uh, people coming out, and uh, they really bring them right into the program, where they bring them right into uh, what what's gonna what's going on with that day. So I'm really excited to see more people taking advantage, and uh, the program just keeps building bigger and bigger and bigger over the years and uh i wouldn't be surprised if at some point uh uh someone's doing a collective experience to be uh on the hip of a of a ken roxon one day with uh probably a little bit less access than you get with brandon Shar, but still pretty good yeah that that's the goal you know i'd love i'd love to do a, a factory portion of this as well while still keeping you know holding shooter to to what our premise is of of helping privateers and growing the sport in that direction as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you said it best, you know, it, and I know you and I personally, we have, we have almost more fun hanging out in the privateer rigs than we do, you know, anywhere else. It's just that you get so much more access. It's, it's a little more laid back and, um, you know, and the riders, you know, not saying nothing against factory guys, uh, but you can really tell that the privateer riders, you know, they, they love that added fan interaction. Um, they, they get a kick out of it, you know, really helps their day and they, they love sharing that experience with people. So um, we're probably, to be a part of it glad to have uh you know people like big mx radio support us and um yeah we're, we want to keep it going absolutely my friend we love to to uh continuously support you guys so let's talk 450s and uh you you don't start uh start this conversation without talking about the 2018 champ uh and yeah he might not have uh, mathematically claimed it just yet but eli tomac will win your 2018 uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA National 450 title uh, with performances like that. Uh, that is that like like pulling your pants up the entire way uh, throughout the second moto. Uh, absolutely, just dropping the hammer and uh, refusing to lose. Those are legendary rides. Those are rides that people remember for the rest of your career when they talk about um, James Stewart in in uh, in Toronto in 2014, or when they talk about uh, Stewart uh, another Stewart Moto Buds Creek 03 uh, sec last place all the way to first, uh, or or Ricky Carmichael winning by over a minute. Uh, in uh, Daytona or lapping the entire field in uh, in Millville. Those are the motos that make legends out of riders. And Eli Tomac has been doing that all summer, dropping these guys like a bad habit. It's been it's been incredible. I mean, you know, the comparisons you just made were spot on. I think I think we're witnessing a, a legend kind of ascending to to that next level. Um, you, you watch someone like like a Marvin Muskin ride, and you think, man, the guy's just—he's on rails. He's you know he's avoiding all the rough stuff, just going super fast. And then you see somebody you know like a like Tomac just come and catch him and pull, and it leaves you scratching your head. You know, I, I think um, 
I'm pretty sure we talked about it before where, you know, you, you can kind of dissect some riders a little bit and see, okay, well, I can see where, where Muskin, you know, has great body position here. And that's just helping him kind of carry speed through or he's waiting an outside peg here. And then you watch someone like Tomac and you're just like, well, God damn, I don't know how he's doing that. You know, it's just, it's like magic watching the guy ride. You can't, you can't really explain how he's able to, to corner going, you know, Mach 5 and, the way they're able to just charge these rough sections harder than anybody and stay lower and just make up time in these weird sort of ways. Um, and that's the kind of riding that, that really separates these guys, you know, watching Ricky ride or watching a James Stewart ride uh, back in the day that watching those guys was like watching magic. You really couldn't, couldn't break down how they were doing what they were doing. And that's something we're seeing with Tomac. So, um, I mean, what, what more can you say about the ride? I mean, it, it just leaves you speechless. Um, I'm sure everyone was in awe. The guys just, he's, he's too fast, man. I mean, too fast for these guys right now. I I would say, uh, Muskin might have something for him, but you know, we've seen a little bit out of Muskin. I think he has upped his game, not taking anything away from him. Um, he, you, you can see a little bit of that aggression come out here and there. Um, and he's able to get these, you know, fairly decent starts a little bit better than Tomac actually. Um, but just the way Tomac's riding, I don't, no one has anything close for him right now. Um, it's, it's just tough. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That guy is a 2018 champion. He's riding like one. Uh, I think he deserves it, and uh, he won't be denied. This is this is his title, and um, it, it it's it's really cool to see riding like that. I mean, I could watch that race over and over again. For sure. No, it was impressive, and just uh, I I I couldn't get enough of that one section where they just basically just like send it into that uh, the sand pit. And um, the commitment level for that is just unbelievable. I think that was kind of an underrated spot on the track where it's not like super technical as far as, uh, as, far as like the, your technique and just sending it into there. But as far as needing your bike to be working extremely well, hitting a blind spot from a blind jump and, and just having faith that that's going to be there every time for you is, uh, is nothing short of uh, straight up ballsy. So uh, I was pretty impressed. Um, let's talk about a couple of other guys who, uh, who maybe didn't have a, uh, a Washugal that they're really all that pumped about. And I think they've kind of alluded to this in some other, um, other interviews that I've heard. Justin Barsha, a five, uh, a five, four, uh, good enough for fourth overall Blake Baggett, a six, five, um, like provided that these guys have ever talked to each other, do you think that either one of these, like they're both in Florida, I, I believe, do you think these guys call each other up a little bit? And, uh, and if they do work together, do they have any chance of, uh, of moving up into the podium conversation, uh, or even win these races? Like, uh, I know that they do a lot of riding on their own that like maybe Blake goes to club or something like that. Um, and, and, and works with uh, a guy like Benny Bloss or something like that. But, uh, um, for right now, I honestly, I, I don't think either one of these guys, uh, like I, it's, it's on to 2019 for both of them. 100%. Um, to be honest, I don't think any of the guys in the top 10 450 class talk to each other. Those guys look like they want to kill each other every weekend. Yes. Um, but yeah, those guys are right on the cusp, you know? Um, and we talked about it after, after red, Bud. you know, Baggett Baggett is a great rider. He's a great outdoor rider. And we've seen him um, a couple of years ago, give Eli a run for his money. Um, 
you know, we, we've, we've seen what he can do with a great start, with a good working bike, uh, with, you know, being 100% healthy. The guy is an animal. Um, I don't know if it's something that's holding him back or if it's just that, the, you know, Tomac and Roxon and Muskin just elevated their game so much. Um, but I think he's need, he needs to find that extra gear. And same with Barsha. And uh, you watch those guys ride, and, you're, you, you know, they're going incredibly fast. They're giving it their all, and still, they're, you know, they're coming up short, and they're just on that 5-4, um, you know, 4 through 6 spot, just each moto. And it's, it's, it's tough for those guys to make up time on the, on the top three. Um, it's, it's really tough. It's tough to say where they, where they need to improve. You know, it's just getting better starts, um, not letting these guys – you know, pull them initially because you know those guys are sprinting in the first few uh, first few laps, and that's kind of where Muskin likes to you know set his set his gap and kind of you know maintain that through the whole entire race. Uh, and if, I think if they can stay on his back wheel and just maintain a, um, a a decent pace of the front runners, they might have something. I don't think it's uh, for lack of fitness or or anything like that. I just think um, maybe their their starts are suffering, and they just need to be up there with those guys and just uh, and start mirroring what the what the top three guys are doing because they are so close, man. They're right there. Um, I don't know if uh, you know uh, Barsha, Baggett, and, and Blos want to you know start like a you know a pack or something and say, hey, we're going to block these guys out and and try to try to run away with this thing. But um, yeah, they they just need a little bit more to be up there. But uh, yeah, they're not far off. No, no, they're not, and um, like it's 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 gonna take uh, some good starts, and it's gonna take uh, um, running with those guys. At this point, obviously, I don't think that anybody has anything for Eli Tomac, but uh, challenging for podiums in motos would be a step forward for both of those guys. Um, and they've done it so far this season. Maybe not as much as they'd like to, but they have had. They do have that potential. Um, I'd, I'd like to get your take on uh, the first. I think this is the fourth national back for uh, Cooper Webb, um, a, like sixth overall, which is like he's right behind the rest of those guys that have been racing all summer. I think he's kind of putting himself in a better and better position all uh, each weekend, um, incrementally better. Um, do you think we see him maybe take one more step forward in, uh, in, in Unadilla, or, um, or, did you, or do you kind of expect him to be a top three guy by now? Like uh, I kind of lean toward the latter. Um, you know, Cooper's a he's a he's a tough one, um, you know. For I did make a note that he did look better this weekend than in weekends past. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he's gelling a little bit, little bit more with, with the with the Yamaha. He's not letting the bike you know bully him around too much, and he looks like he's he's comfortable keeping that um, you know that that top six, top seven pace. Um, you know, if, if I saw something out of him in the past couple of seasons where I was like, okay, you know, he's had that podium here or that one breakout right here that I, you know, I'd say like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of behind that. I could see him having a, you know, a flash of brilliance ride, you know, on the last couple, but really, I mean, it's, it's almost been an uphill battle since he got in four fifties. I really haven't seen that guy, um, like surprise or wow wow me um since he's been on the on the four fifties. Uh it seems like he's almost, you know, hurt more than he's more than he's healthy on the bike. So um I just just going off of what we've seen in the past, man, I don't I think he's gonna kinda settle into that top six, top seven spot. We might see him, you know, start to uh get, you know, get under the skin of uh Baggett or or um or Barsha halfway through the race. Um but I don't I don't think we're gonna see him uh shoot for any podiums or really start um start getting a solid, you know, fourth or fifth overall. I think 
six, seven, eight is where um, we're going to start to see him until he starts to show something and get that confidence up, get the get the bike working well, um, and and just getting a, a solid run of motos together. It's uh, it's tough for me to to write that guy up as a as a podium threat right now. For sure, and uh, I, I, he needs to uh, put those rides in. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a show me thing when it comes to uh, Cooper Webb, but uh, um, being just outside those the the rest of those guys who have all I think every single one of the guys in front of them has been on the podium so far this season in the overall. So uh, standing on the doorstep of uh, of making some noise, uh, perhaps a two two weeks off or a, a week and a bit uh, before he's uh, back behind the line at a at a national that uh, allows him to uh, kind of get that next level speed. But uh, um, I personally thought that he would be closer to the top five or well inside the top five by now. But uh, uh, I also don't know the extent of his injuries or, or how quickly he came back or how much he was uh, going full, full, full blast when he ended up coming back. So uh, um, not to discredit the, the rest of the top 10, but I uh, wanted to move on to a couple other guys kind of making their debut who ended up inside the top 15. Noah McConaughey, Josh Grant, and Tyler Bowers, uh, Grant only racing the first moto, um, maybe not, uh, maybe aggravating a little bit of that ankle as well as uh, um, blowing himself up a little bit more uh, than he expected to. Obviously, ran up front early in the first moto. Doesn't start the second moto, but uh, if you're the thir- if you're a fan of the 33 machine, you liked watching that guy come back out and ride a motorcycle. It's always good to see Grant ride. I fully agree. Uh, I'm a big Josh Grant fan. That guy is one of the most naturally talented dudes to to build a leg over a motorcycle. And it's you know I I'll be 100 percent honest. I almost forgot that he was on the Cali team. I saw the the 33 out there in the Cali, and I was like, oh crap, yeah, I forgot. Man, he's a you know Josh Grant's on that team. Um, so it just goes to show how 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 removed from uh, from the you know these starts we've been we've been you know he's been. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think. It's going to take some time for him to get back to where he was. Um, you know that that solid uh, that solid guy who's I, I almost see him as being more of like a um, sort of like a pike in those positions where he's a, he's a you know more of a beefier dude that can uh, that can really uh, really throw his bike around and, and kind of bully these guys around a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit before we see him see him back in that. Um, Back in that race pace and getting getting his stamina up, but it, you know, nonetheless, good to see him back, uh, throwing his hat in the ring, and, and probably going to end up racing himself back into uh, back into shape. Um, great to see Bowers back on the trigger racing Cowie. Uh, I know those guys uh, love having Bowers on the team uh, whenever they can. He was on there briefly for Supercross, and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a big Bowers fan. You know, a little biased. You know, he was one of the TCE riders for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for Super for Supercross 2018. So. Uh, you know, it might be a little, ba- a little, little, little biased, but you know, Bowers is always a solid guy. I'd say he shines a little bit more in Supercross than he does in Motocross. Um, but still, you know, you can always count on that guy to 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 definitely get sneak around the top ten, um, or or you know, be a solid top fifteen guy with with limited uh, with limited seat time. So uh, anytime Bowers is on the track, and you know, you get Josh Grant back, and all you know, more guys being healthy like you know seeing bogle out there um even though they you know they might not get the best finishes it's just nice to see them show your names absolutely it also rounds out the 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 talent a little bit as well like uh seeing those riders uh kind of reclaim their rightful spot close to uh the top 10 or within the top 10 in uh josh grant's um 
kind of uh, in, in, in his case. But uh, I was impressed with Noah McConaughey coming back. Uh, if you go to go back two years ago, uh, he was routinely knocking down uh, some even some top 10 rides and outdoors, had a rash of injuries. The guy has been in and out of the hospital um, umpteen times over the last 18 months. Uh, comes back to his home race uh, where he's been riding a little bit lately. I think that he's he, like obviously seeing the videos that he posts on Instagram or whatnot. He's obviously been riding a little bit, but probably not. Like hell, he's hadn't been getting gate drops in nationals. First race back in quite some time. 1615, uh, which is a consistent showing. Good, uh, he obviously showed some fitness uh, and some speed. So uh, hats off to, to Noah McConaughey for coming back to his hometown national and getting in the points both motos. Uh, that's pretty solid to see. Yeah, I, I don't think that guy gets uh, you know enough uh, enough credit for some of the rides that he puts on. You know, for sure not. It is, uh, yeah, he, you know, he's a he's a solid privateer rider. You know, he does kind of you know fall um, fall subject to you know some injuries here and there. Um, but I mean, the, the guy's solid and for somebody who's so freaking tall, you know, he's not a, not a, not a any bluff by, by any means. Uh, but for a guy who's so tall, I mean, the guy can really, really throw the bike around pretty decently and, and make it work for him. And, you know, usually we see taller guys kind of suffering starts and, um, and just kind of get thrown around a little bit cause you're so gangly and stuff like that. But the guy really knows how to ride. Um, and you know, I'd be super pumped to see that guy get some really, really good finishes and start um, getting some more recognition in the sport. You know, it's he's one of those, like I said, one of those privateers that uh, I think deserves um, you know some some pretty good opportunities and um, and some more fans to kind of uh, take a peek at him and and, um, and you know start following him and, and, and seeing his progress because he's a very, very talented rider. Um, you know, super gifted on the bike. I think he just needs just a string of good luck, um, some good opportunities to come his way. Um, and he can, I think he can do wonders with it. For sure. Maybe he needs to be part of the, uh, the collective experience. If I can think of any one rider that would probably welcome, uh, strangers into his pit at, with, uh, with open arms and, and do great at that, I think that would be, uh, uh, Noah McConaughey. You might want to dial that in for next season. I don't think he's going to be doing, uh, other than maybe Monster Cup. I don't see, I don't see him doing any other, uh, uh, rate, like outdoor nationals. I could text him and see if he is going to, but I doubt it. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I think that would be a, a good acquisition for you guys for next year. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm always looking for uh, for more riders to hop on the roster and, uh, and and trying to help as many people as we can. So yeah, if he if he's game, I'm game. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so what jumps off uh, off the page at you more? Uh, a Justin Hill with a fourth place in the, in the first moto or, a, uh, or a, a Justin Bogle with a 13th in the first moto? Ooh, that one's tough because, you know, I'm, I'm pumped to see Bogle back after having such a jarring um, set of crashes and really getting hurt up for a while. Um, but I'm going to have to say Hill's fourth, you know. I, we all know both guys are capable of, of you know, a, a podium spot, very, very talented. But to see Justin do it after, you know, not having that great of a ride, being so far in the season, you know, he's ridden, uh, I think, all, all these races so far outdoors. Um, and, you know, to, to finally see him, you know, break out into a, you know, top four spot, it's like, oh, man, finally. Whereas Bogle, you're like, okay, you know, I can kind of, uh, give him some leeway. He's kind of getting his race pace back, getting, you know, shaking the, uh, the cobwebs off of his injury. Um, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with, uh, with that fourth from Hill. I think we've only just started to see what he's capable of on a 450. Um, I'd love to see what happens when he goes 450 full time. I don't know if it's going to happen for 19. 
Um, but uh, I think I think once he once he gets a, a fresh restart and gets some more time on the bike, I think the guy's going to be a serious serious threat. You know, I mean, once he hopped on a 450 in Supercross in Tampa, we saw the guy lead for a while. So uh, I'm excited to see if this carries over into some more confidence for him and gets the ball rolling. And maybe hey, maybe he can uh, he can be the one that kind of um, derails his Tomac tray. I don't I, I I doubt it a little bit, but hey, it'd be it'd be cool to see uh, to see some more battling. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably more excited about that one. Fair enough. Oh, for sure. I I decided more which one kind of uh, like kind of like sets off alarm bells when it comes to oh, yeah. like uh, like honestly like for me I'm like abundantly or infinitely surprised to see how much uh, further Justin Bogle gets uh, slides back every race. Like uh, I, I think that the 34th is a, like, cause he obviously started that mode. He got a whole shot in both motos. He must've pulled off at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know what's holding uh, Justin Bogle back. We've been talking about this for about three weeks now on just co- totally scratching our heads. But uh, um May, like so, something needs to change something needs to uh whether he didn't come back ready uh and the team was kind of like all right well we kind of need you to be on the track uh or something along those lines but uh yeah i i think that uh um yeah o- o- only uh only time will tell whether or not uh, justin can kind of get right before the end of the season uh, he's got another about four weeks to do so uh but uh but either way um it's not going well yeah, um, again, you know, it's I I wasn't expecting him to to really, you know, throw it down and and get these top finishes um after having such, you know, such gnarly injuries, you know, I'm, I honestly kind of expected him to kind of, you know, not 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 fade as far back as he's been, you know, the guy's getting almost every hole shot, but I, you know, I I expect him to kind of be, you know, Right, so uh, eight, 10th or 11th, eighth, eighth, eighth. Yeah, you know, something like that. Like, I expect um, yeah, the, him to be uh, ahead of um, of Kyle Cunningham. I expect him to yeah, be ahead of yep. Phil Nicoletti. I, I expect yeah. him to, to finish moto, like, both motos ahead of Tyler Bowers. Um, mm. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, and I don't think that's, that's wrong of me to expect that of a guy who's won a moto last year in, uh, in Colorado and won the overall. And I think that was Bud's Creek. Like, like this, like it's like, uh, getting, going 13, 34 is a long way away from winning, uh, winning races. Like that is, uh, like he, he, right now he's a, as far away from winning races as Brandon Shars are away from winning races. And like, Sorry, Brandon, but that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's a far cry from where it was last year. But then we have to remember, you know, he did have a pretty gnarly concussion that had him sitting down for a couple months. You know, the guy really rung his bell, and, and after you know all this research has come out the last couple of years, you know, and just seeing how what it, what an impact it has in your riding. I'm honestly, I'm not too surprised that he's uh, that he's having a hard time kind of keeping his stamina up and. And uh, and finishing these motos out, we saw it in Stewart. You know, the latter half of his career. You know, he was um, pulled onto the track, maybe racing half a moto, and then kind of pulling off because just he, he, things were getting blurry. He was, you know, exhausting himself, and that might be what we're seeing with uh, with Bogle. It's definitely not what we expect of him. Like you said, I mean, the guy won races last year, and there's, there's no reason why he can't do that this year. But I think the the severity of his injuries are uh, a little more than what he kind of let on and what people are kind of uh, are talking about. And um, just seeing the extent of him, you know, I really, I did not expect to see him 
anything higher than like a than a, than a fifth after coming off off such horrific injuries. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, 2019, I we could talk about that all day. You know, I could see him getting awesome positions, awesome finishes, uh, really pressuring these guys and and sneaking wins in and, and taking podiums away. Um, but just so so closely removed from his injuries, it's man, it's tough. It's it's tough to convince me that he uh, that uh, that he's going to be good enough at the, by the end of the season to get anything done. I agree, um, and and not to discredit his uh, or to kind of discount those injuries whatsoever. I just uh, like I I, um, I I would have thought that the, at this point he'd be uh, back to the, the Justin Bogle we're, we're used to seeing, which is a guy who's uh, rides with a lot of attitude rides with a lot of confidence and uh, and has some serious speed to go along with it. Um, but before I let you go here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF and the Fast House, as well as the Collective EX, Collective Experience, um, Loretta's is this weekend. Uh, how closely do you follow it? Should we do a, a Loretta's review? Uh, who's, on your, uh, who's on your radar of guys to watch? Um, or do you not care about these guys till they turn pro? Uh, I'm probably I probably follow the Reds more so than the Nationals. I, I follow the Reds, yeah, since uh, since '85 days, you know, and uh, um, especially you know the the prime era for me was like the Reds, the '05, '06, when you had uh, Osborne and Stroop and Lemoyne and, and Dungy, these guys all on that. Uh, I think it was a schoolboy or 125 CC classman. Those those heydays were just. And made you fall in love with the Redolin. Um, and just, just the, the stories behind a lot of these people that just sacrifice everything to go down there and, you know, and race their hearts out for a week in a free moto format, which is something that we don't have in amateur racing too often. Um, just the brutal heat, brutal track. I mean, just, it's, it's just torture for a week. And to see, you know, a lot of these fast kids um, kind of emerge as, you know, champions or see champions, you know, kind of kind of fall to, and succumb to, you know, the, um, the, the trials and tribulations that, you know, that Loretta Lynn uh, has, uh, it's, it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, um, I'm definitely, definitely following, um, the, the super mini 85 classes, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Ryder DiFrancesco, um, riders like, you know, um, uh, Hayden Deegan, um, uh, Daxton, uh, just a, a lot of the K- the KTM Orange Brigade kids, um, a couple couple fast kids on 65 that a lot of guys have not heard of that every year seem to kind of pop up and, and surprise a lot of people. I'm super excited to see what Jaleese Wall and uh, Pierce Brown do. Uh, uh, Carson Mumford, you know, being his, his first year on the uh, on the 250s, um, even down to the, the 50cc classes. You know, riders rider like Ryder Ellis who you know can do some incredible things in the Cobra 50. Just following all those guys. You know, I have the Racer TV stream up on my computer at work, just kind of peeking over once in a while and listening in and seeing what these guys are doing. So, um, yeah, I, I follow it. I'm a diehard, man. I'm, I'm definitely excited. And we're actually sponsoring uh, a rider, Brendan Gregoire, out of uh, Munson Mass on the 93 uh, Yamaha in the B classes. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm um, joining the TCE flag government, and hopefully he can come away with some, uh, some good finishes and, uh, and first to make a name for himself because that kid is super fast. Oh. Well, uh, I think that settles it. We'll have to uh, once the week is done. All, once all the motos have have fallen, maybe we, uh, we we kind of review things a little bit and, and give people a little bit of an idea of who's coming down the pipe to uh, to steal a Supercross win near them some, sometime in the next couple of years. Oh, I'm all for it, man. Like I said, I love Loretta's. I'm 
full of edit mode. I mean, um, I have it going nonstop on repeat. So yeah, whenever you're ready, you just give me a call. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, glad, glad to hear. Glad to hear that. Uh, appreciate your time, my friend. As always, uh, everyone, go check out the Collective EX on Instagram. Uh, the Collective Collection XP on dot uh, com. Yes. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, as well as, uh, yeah, support the podcast, support Dave in all the things that he's got going on. Appreciate the time, my friend. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there.